1: It's another day in the office. You miss lunch again as there were two patients that still needed to be seen through the lunch hour. It's now 2 p.m. and you're two patients behind and you feel totally drained. Are you recognizing this as a typical day? Are you feeling stress or fatigue? Or is this really burnout? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And Joining me to discuss burnout is Jill Tarian, Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at, U- at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing, Jill. Thank you very much for d- discussing burnout today.
2: Thank you, Frank.
1: So um, it's everywhere. It's in the news. It's in all our publications. Um, before we get too deep into a discussion of burnout, can you tell us a little bit about its definition, its origins, and why why we're why we're so wrapped up in it?
2: Sure. So. Um Anyways, it can be a somber topic, but we're going to come out on the optimistic side of things today. Sounds good. Okay. So, basically, uh, it was first written about what I could find back in 1974, and what it is is a workplace syndrome involving emotional exhaustion, it's depersonalization, um, a sense of reduced personal accomplishment. Um, And it was described as like a staff burnout um, by Frodenberger in 1974. So since that time, you know, it's got an international prevalence. Uh, There's a lot written on the subject itself, and also um, there has been uh, inventories and surveys that have been developed over time to measure this, and they've been validated and reliable. Um, The one that uh, that I read about mostly was called Maslach Burnout Inventory, and so. Um, that is the principles of burnout, you know what I described, um, and really it can have a lot of consequences, uh, both um, in your personal life and in your work life. And I, yeah. No, I, I think
1: I think you that, that's a really good point because we always focus on how it affects patient care and morale in the office, but I think it involves how we view ourselves and what we bring home from work and what happens and what happens at home is very much very much a big part about it so we recognizing those consequences and recognizing that we've been worrying about it now for for close to 50 years, um, what what can we look at um, for uh, its implications in how we live our lives and what sort of thoughts should we be thinking about going forward?
2: So I think that you have to think about yourself and what you have control over. Mm-hmm. Because you know you can get all caught up in thinking about the many different things that are contributing to your bad day. Let's just say, okay. And I think that you really have to look at what you can change personally, because again, that's what you maybe have the most control over, right? So um, we know that um, you know providers that have burned out, they've done you know they've looked at patient care being a lower quality. Errors, longer recovery times of their patients, and a lower patient satisfaction, which I think we all are measured on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but your own personal health—it um, can lead to, you know, bad habits. It can lead to depression, um, anxiety, um, possible substance abuse, um, and you know, and really poor self-care. Um, and then, you know, we talk about the system. The system being, you know, the problem. And we all know that the system. Can be a problem that, and depending on where you work and what's going on in the system you work within, um, you're always measured on productivity. Um, you know, you might have if you have burned out providers, it shows that there is increased turnover. Um, there's less patient access, and with that comes increased costs for the system. So um, I think that it's a you know a variety of factors that we have to you know really talk about. But what it boils down to is, what can you do for yourself?
1: I agree. I, I hear often, oh, we have to get the system fixed. And I think we've been trying to fix the system since FDR started publicizing um, health insurance. So we're, it's a work in progress. I love the fact that you say we need to focus as individuals on the things that we have control over. So let's talk about it a little bit. Um, what, are, what are some, what are some uh, uh, approaches we should have to uh, help ourselves and help our colleagues uh, with regard to burnout?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, one of the things is your work environment and and your workload, so to speak. So what is important to you? Is it getting out the door by 5 o'clock? Is it getting out the door by 6 o'clock? All of us, you know, have different clinic schedules. And I think that, um, I mean, one of the strategies I use is if I haven't left for home by five o'clock. Well, I'm staying till six to get a few more things done that are going to make me feel better and my traffic is going to be less. That's a personal strategy of mine. Does it always work? No. No. Um, But I think you have to look at um, when you think about maybe seeing a few less patients a day that will allow you to finish what you have to do for your documentation and not bring that home with you. Um, So, you've made two
1: statements of uh, good, great ideas to change and what they both started with was I. One of the things I, I fear about myself and my peers is that we're often looking for others to solve things. We don't have that internal locus of control. The most important thing we can do to beat burnout is being open to change. Um, I think about just treating type 2 diabetes. Uh, when I finished my residency there were three medications that we used. And now there are over 50. Um, I can't change the number of new things I need to treat, but I can change how I approach things. And maybe I need to not be um, doing some of the things that I do right now that I think are appropriate. I probably need to change. And that's a hard thing for me to do.
2: Um, Any idea about how I find out if I'm burned out? Sure. Um, Well, I think that, you know, you think, well, geez, of course I know when I'm burned out, right? It's obvious. But it's really hard to see sometimes. Like it might be a colleague telling you, you know, you don't seem happy here. You know, what's going on? Or it might be your spouse or your partner saying, you know what? You don't like this anymore. I can tell when you come home, it's, it's really, it's not good. Or it might be your patients that have known you and come in and say wow you're really not happy today so that's really something when the patients diagnose you
1: it's so so funny you said that I was talking with a obstetrician gynecologist just last week and she was mortified to go online and see the recent reviews uh... from her patients and it was on one of those online services and she had always been a four to five star person and now she was a two star person and she had no idea and when she read things it was all about her her demeanor rather than the care she gave. So you hit the nail right on the head.
2: Um, so I also want to say a, a couple more things about the system because I think that, you know, we hear so much about the healthcare system broadly in the U.S. that's negative, right? Um, and then depending on the system you work within, it's going to be those factors. Um, there is some uh, research that shows that. If you are interested in changing the system where you work, you might want to get involved in the policy committee um, and do some sort of you know, advocacy for the area that you work in. Um, if you're feeling so weighed down by the system you've worked within, you've tried different things and it's just really not working for you, you might want to change to a different work setting. Um, there's been studies that show that there is a f- um, 40% lower Um, you know, incidents of burnout in people that work in occupational and preventative medicine. Now, it might be the the mindset, the prevention mindset, and the types of patients they see, but that's, you know, I throw that out as one option. Um, We do know there's a threefold increased odds of burnout if you work in really high-intensity environments, so like the emergency room and general general internal medicine is one of them. Um, And Frank, I think that your... um, you know mention of 50 diabetes drugs Mm -hmm. and you're just mentioning one of many chronic conditions that we manage in primary care it's like how do you stay on top of that to know what's best for the patients you know it takes time it It takes takes time. time and
1: investment absolutely well well Jill I think this is this is the first discussion we're going to have about burnout on our podcast for the next few months and and I love your point that we need to a focus on what we can change and um, and start looking at small changes to make big outcomes thank you very
2: much you are welcome thanks for having me practice pointer consider single tasking your email check it only two to three times a day a suggestion is as you enter practice in the morning check it at lunch and check it at the end of the day and be done with it
1: recognizing that the system needs to change Today, you can make any of a number of small changes in your practice that will help lessen your stress and get you home sooner. Choose one and implement it today. And for more timely, relevant, and practical medical education, check out primed.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine brought to you by Primed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on primed.com. Thank you again for listening.